guys and welcome to Cup of Tea and Talks with G, a place where the natural and random conversation amongst friends, family and peers flow over a cuppa. Relaxed, funny and easygoing conversations where nothing is off limits and tangents are encouraged. Think of the chatty, fun and open conversations you have around the table when catching up with someone and you think, oh my god, imagine if somebody overheard what we're talking about because the conversation's gone down the most random and funny tangents. Well, that's what this podcast will be. I'll be speaking to different people from different walks of life with different experiences in each episode. So thank you for joining me and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of Cup of Tea and Talks with G. I hope you're all feeling good. I hope you've had an amazing weekend and whatever happens this week that it's just as amazing for you as well. This week's episode, um, I'm actually well. We're talking about a topic that, although it doesn't affect me, um, which is sort of the norm. You know, usually the podcast or the topics or the guests we sort of talk about different things and I'll sort of give an opinion and you know it's a bit of back and forth um etc etc um but yeah this one actually doesn't affect me it's not something I've had experience with um but that aside it's still a really important sort of topic to discuss um and I really wanted to sort of listen and sort of learn and then help to spread awareness um so I'm speaking about endometriosis with Jody from endometriosis south coast um, she has spent all her teenage and adult life living and dealing with endometriosis unbeknownst to herself um, until she actually was diagnosed at the age of 26. So we sort of talk all about sort of what that was like um, what that meant for Jody, um, and sort of the build up prior to finding out actually what this was. Then in 2019, um, Jody set up the charity Endometriosis South Coast, which is a charity that aims to support, educate and raise awareness for endometriosis sufferers, their family and the wider communities. Um, and yeah, just sort of raising awareness, I think, and sort of just being there as that support um, for a lot of people seems to be massively needed it's sort of not much known it's not sort of something that's spoken about quite widely and openly um and you'll hear in my conversation with Jody that obviously that sort of diagnosis and obviously finding that out is extremely lonely so having a group where you can sort of speak to other people who are going through similar or can help with any advice or just sharing their own experiences can just be yeah massively beneficial to anyone who's gone through that Jody also explains in this episode that although research is still ongoing, um, it's massively underfunded and therefore it's sort of slow in regards to finding new information or treatments or even sort of about what the causes are. It's still massively unknown um, why people get it and what causes it. Um, and just obviously a disclaimer, but everything we speak about in this episode is based on like Jody's experiences, mine and Jody's opinions and sort of just thoughts. Um, so of course, we're not medically trained. So if you do sort of have any issues or problems or symptoms or anything like that, obviously the first port of call would be to a medical professional. Um, that sort of goes obviously for all the episodes. It's always free to sort of share and talk. Um, but I just want to sort of massively sort of nail that on the head in regards to because it's such a medical um, topic and obviously that's what we're talking about. This is Jodie's experience. She sort of touches on what her symptoms are, but she does obviously say quite a lot throughout this episode that what it looks like for one person massively differs to the next person and could massively differ again to another person. So there is no sort of set symptoms or rules or anything like that so um this is just her experience and like I say just our opinions and sort of discussion around it so um like I said really important topic I learned loads from listening to um Jody um and I think like that although it's not something that I've experienced it's really important to raise our awareness and our understanding um if any of my family and friends were suffering or you know find out in x amount of years or whatever that they have this diagnosis I would like to think that I could be empathetic and understanding and you know 
sort of somewhat have an understanding before they have to explain to me what that is so that's why these type of topics and episodes are really really important so really hope you enjoy this one as always and yes I will speak to you all again really soon hi Jody. hiya how are you yeah yeah I'm good thank you good um I'm really excited about this chat conversation topic all of that today um it's not so it's not like the normal format. I think I said just this to you when we spoke about it initially, because usually it'd be a little bit more conversational. You know, we both share experiences and thoughts, but there's certain topics where I feel like I don't need to talk as much because number one, I don't have experience of it. And number two, sometimes it's just important to listen and learn and all of that. And um, it's similar. I did a, an episode a few weeks ago that was um really really popular with one of my friends Elaine about anxiety and like that although I could sort of empathize and sort of give my sort of experiences of of living with with, living with people who've sort of experienced it and such um very much wanted her to lead the conversation and the same goes with this conversation with you today um and that is literally all about endometriosis and living with it dealing with it um and at the same time now how you're supporting and you've set up a charity to to help other people who are living with it so um I just want to learn I just want to listen to everything you have to say I just I think when it comes to certain topics just the more we talk about it the more awareness we can raise and that and awareness and also like helping people then sort of understand I think where where people may be coming from because if you've not experienced something you're not going to like say have the same experience but we can still sort of keep our minds open I think um and hopefully be a little bit more open-minded and caring I think um I'm sure you can imagine or I'm sure you've experienced where it's been frustrating when you've sort of dealt with something and not everyone's been I I don't even know what the word is not everyone's been on board or supportive of you or or such Uh, yeah yeah I've been in many experiences and there's lots of people in our support group that have been in their experiences before um that are just horrific so Mm. yeah the more people that are willing to learn and open their minds and just listen a little bit Mm. the the better for because there are so many people and you wouldn't believe how many people have endo we call it endo just to make our lives a bit easier (laughs) i literally have been practicing i i kid you not i've been practicing saying it because even when we did that initial phone call i couldn't get it out and i was like oh come on now you have to be able to say it properly (laughs) so i've said it once so if we can refer to it as endo that is like such a relief because i don't want to come across as insensitive and it's like making sure that I don't seem like flippant and I'm just going to shorten this but if you guys are happy for me to call it endo then that's perfect yeah absolutely I'll throw another one at you as well okay. in a minute <laughs> <laughs> please anything like I'm terrible at talking at the best of times I don't know why I have a podcast I can't say things words don't come out properly so um yeah anything to help me I suppose before we even get into any of it, the the norm of this episode and just sort of um obviously it's cup of tea and talks with G. Um, I love to know and be nosy about what my guests drink or tipple of choice because sometimes people aren't hot hot drink drinkers, and that blew my mind when when that started to happen. So um <laughs> if you're a hot drink drink hot drink drinker, what's your drink of choice? Uh, mine is Yorkshire tea. Yes, same. With oat milk <laughs> and oh, sweetener. Okay. Yeah, pretty similar to me then. Mine's just tea, milk, one sugar. Um, Like to keep it simple, nothing fancy, hugging a mug. (laughs) Absolutely. My uh, my mug actually says that snug as a hug in a mug. No way. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly, my episode last week, and I have been trying, if anyone listened to last week's and is checking up on me, I have started to just drink decaf tea. Um, because I drink so much tea and it like that at Yorkshire so it's strong <laughs> yeah and I couldn't understand sometimes why I'd be like bouncing off the walls or like even like a little bit jittery and obviously with everything that's going on at the moment anything to help be less jittery I'm going to try so um, I have stuck pretty much I think a couple of times I forgot because the decaf tea are in the press or the cupboard for anyone in the UK but the press for anyone at home <laughs> um, the decaf teas are in the press and then the Yorkshire teas are on the side so obviously I, even there a minute ago I went to make one but I did I was like feck I'm just going to throw it out because um, yeah I'm just trying to trying to stick to to the decaf tea um, but it's still the same thing I still 
literally first thing in the morning Nate comes into me he's like you're right and I'm like can you make me a cup of tea I just need it now I just need someone to hug me in the morning and make yeah. me feel nice yeah absolutely I am definitely I can't start the day without a cup of tea no no same same so I'm glad we're on the same page like I said I had a few horror moments throughout this season when some people didn't drink hot drinks and I was like oh my god I need to put up my vet in place I need to put vet in place before I bring people on if they're gonna you know if they're gonna be doing sacrosy like that so let's get started there's probably going to be loads to learn and loads to listen to in this episode so um yeah really interested in everything so before we even get into it, let's do a bit about you, who you are, what you do, and, and all of that type of stuff, really. So I am Jodie. I am the founder of Endometriosis South Coast. Uh, it's a inclusive, completely, totally inclusive charity set up to support all people, because it is people with endometriosis and adenomyosis. Um yeah and we we look after people from all over the world it's not even just from mm. the south coast um yeah and I'm also a PhD student wow so yeah yeah quite busy <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm single mum as well so oh I, I don't know how I do it to be honest with you <laughs> well I, I thank you even more now for your time <laughs> because I can understand how precious it is um you just said there and it was a term that I've never heard of before was it adometriosis adenomyosis adenomyosis what's that obviously okay. I'm guessing it's on the same scale it is yeah um so we've always just said endo um but we're learning that more and more people don't seek out our services because we don't have adenomyosis or adeno as we call it um in any of our mission statements and adeno is the evil twin sister of endometriosis and it's where endometriosis grows in the muscle lining of the womb right okay so it's different, but it's the same. It's, so yeah, we, we've started, yeah, we've we've started like putting it out there now that we do look after people with endo and adeno. adeno. We don't discriminate. I'm going to write that one down so that I can, because <laughs> I've never heard of that. Adeno. Yeah, never heard of that. And I suppose, like you say, it's it all gets blanketed under the one thing. But then I suppose, which we'll get into, if, you, if you're told you don't have endo, but you have adeno, yeah. And then you try and look for support and then you can't see that anywhere. You must feel really secluded and I suppose forgotten as such. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And yeah, we just don't want anyone left behind. We're here for everybody. That's amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it is like, like you said, I can't even imagine how lonely and scary that must be. So the fact that like, say you guys are there and you're like, just, just come to us for support and just to, I suppose, feel normal is that is that wrong yeah yeah the amount the amount of people that um that find the sport group and end up um end up like putting their first post up going oh my god mm. I thought I was alone yeah like I can't believe there's so many people in the sport group like mm. I honestly thought I was on my own yeah and that's horrific for yeah. a disease that's been that was first diagnosed in like 1860 wow yeah why are there still people that feel like they're alone in their diagnosis? That's that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, like I say, that's literally crazy because like, yeah, like the, all the other sort of big illnesses or anything like that, you know, even if you search hashtags and that you'll find it a lot sooner. But like you say, I don't know if it's because is it is it because of the type of illness it is? Is there a, like is there a um stigma around it? Like, is that why you find people maybe aren't talking about it necessarily obviously there's loads of reasons why people don't want to share their health journey and that and that's absolutely fine but um do you, do you find that's probably one of the reasons why people don't talk about it as openly or as honestly maybe absolutely um it has it has always been seen as a women's condition yeah. a gynecological disorder um and something to do with periods so we don't talk about periods of course which yeah it's not yeah it, it's we're we're learning more and more um just lately uh research seems to be going insane which is fantastic um and we're learning more and more that endo is actually a full body disease it's Mm. not 
a gynecological disorder. It mm. is a full body disease. And cis men have been found with endo. So wow. how can we say that it is just a women's disease mm. when there are cis men? And there may be more, but because yeah. it's not being researched, it's then how do we know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like say someone could have the symptoms, but yet like say the doctors that they've visited maybe has never heard of it happening in cis men so therefore they're getting misdiagnosed or not diagnosed at all and are just living with it which actually seems so like almost medieval times that in this day and age that that could still happen exactly exactly and yeah trying to try to get the word out there more is is just where it's got it's got to be where all the resources have got to be put at the moment Mm. is awareness and research just we need so much more research like endo has the same um prevalence rates as diabetes wow yeah (laughs) wow yeah no one knows about endo no everyone knows about diabetes yeah oh yeah and like aware like say of even the smallest of potential symptoms and stuff and it's like have you considered it like it's it's spoken about it's we know about it we've we've educated ourselves on it, I suppose and and I suppose like say that is down to research and that because if there's research out there we're going to hear about it but if there's not lo and behold yeah wow. yeah exactly so obviously the reason that you've started all of this is because you you live with and have been diagnosed with endometriosis how mm-hmm. I suppose if you don't mind sort of sharing what's your journey and experience and all of that where did it start and how has it been up until now I don't, I don't mind sharing it I've shared it so many times now <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, yeah so my journey started when I was 11 I started my periods um and I come from a very big family uh female-led family mm-hmm. there's loads of us um my GP was my mum's GP my auntie's GP my nan's GP he was there when I was born yeah so when my mum took me to him to say like she's 11 her periods are killing her um he just went well it's just something that all of your family has to deal with I'm afraid and put me on the pill wow (laughs) yeah and I just kept swapping and changing different contraceptive methods um because with that comes a lot of other issues like that's not like a a quick fix because like you say you've tried loads of different ones because there's so many other side effects to them that for an 11 year old to deal with yeah at 11 years old I was like I don't understand the risk of breast cancer and all of that and like depression and all of that and anxiety hormones and everything yeah I, I didn't have a clue so I was just like okay and you do, you trust your GP. And especially if your mum's there as well saying, yeah, he Fine. knows what he's talking about. We just have to crack on with it. Mm. Um, yeah, and then I went through just up until I had my son. Oh, dear. <laughs> I just muted my mic because I nearly choked on my last cup of tea. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot that you could see me like dying in the corner oh my god how dramatic I'm so sorry what an idiot (laughs) here's me I'm not going to talk much but I'm just going to die in the corner so that all the attention is still on me oh wow sorry about that Jodie what were you saying before my mid (laughs) um yeah so I just swapped and changed between different contraceptive um methods I was on different um different types of pill I started getting migraines because oh, of the God. different types of pill. And yeah, so I went like that up until I was 26. Oh my, I thought you were going to say, like, realistically, I thought you were going to say 19, 18, 19. No, 26 when I had my little boy. I fell pregnant um, by chance, which I, 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 I am very aware that I am very lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, I was away getting married um, and I think the the flight and the alcohol knocked my contraceptive pill completely out of whack (laughs) and yeah we fell pregnant with my son so I I am 
that is like a one in a million story with endo and it's awful mm. um but yeah I was very lucky um but then afterwards all the endo symptoms came back like tenfold mm. um and you didn't know prior to this that you had endo no so you didn't no. even, so I suppose at the time you didn't even really appreciate like say how rare or the chance of you actually having a, a baby was potentially so you just thought a missed pill you know it happened sort of thing without all the other stuff behind it as well yeah wow yeah. wow yeah yeah um like don't get me wrong in all of them years I had all of my endo symptoms I've been referred to so many physiotherapists for pain and uh um gastro teams because of bowel issues Mm. and urologists because of bladder issues um but everything's just oh you've got IBS and oh you've got an overactive bladder and it's just something else you've got to deal with yeah so it's it's always been a you've just got to crack on yeah just keep finding like say these different things yeah yeah unrelated to to each other sort of yeah wow um so yeah, I finally after I had my son, I was like, no, I can't do this anymore. And I went back to my doctors, and luckily I had a different GP by then. Um, and he was like, look, I'm gonna be honest, I haven't got a clue. But I'm gonna refer you to my wife, <laughs> which was great because yeah. at least he acknowledged and went, I haven't got a clue within this sort of area. It yeah. doesn't sound fantastic. So go and see more and she was the first one that said do you know what I'm going to refer you to the gynecologist I think you may have something called endometriosis that's the first time in all of this like every specialist that you've seen for every other thing that no one else said like about endo or like let's go to a gynecologist at least that's baffling isn't it it's crazy isn't it absolutely crazy wow so yeah I got referred to the gynecologist and unfortunately I wasn't referred to an endo specialist gynecologist straight away. Um, And she told me to go and get pregnant again, to have another baby and I'd be fine. Um, my little boy what did you think was going to, I don't, I don't understand the talk because you, we spoke a little bit before this recorded and you said how that, is sometimes like a recommended like method to sort of help like how how can that help I don't understand where the sign where they think the science behind that is um a lot of doctors are still under the impression that um hormonal changes um especially with pregnancy because it turns the ovaries off for a little while okay yeah that they are still under the impression that having the ovaries turned off for that little bit of time, um, yeah, just can, can just cure it, <laughs> which is not true. I'd, I'm not a doctor nor a scientist. And obviously no shade to any doctors or scientists out there. Um, I understand there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff to know and all of that. But at the same time, I would know. When you said that to me, I was like, no. And you were like, yeah. And I was like even from me, like say lack of any sort of education in that, I I was thinking surely that's not a good idea because of all the other, well, number one, it's not a quick fix. It's not, it's like, well, you're bringing another life into the world. Let's not forget that. But also like there's so many other things that come along with being pregnant. Like it's not as if it's an easy ride for nine months plus the 18 no. plus years after you have a baby. Like I just can't imagine how anyone would think that that's a, a quick or an easy fix. Plus there's the infertility that goes along with endo. So sometimes like you're being really insensitive by even making that suggestion because. Because you don't know if that person's been trying or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a hell of a lot of lesions that go along with endo. So getting pregnant and the uterus like stretching like that can can be excruciating mm. for people yeah and some people just choose not to have children yeah and that's okay yeah and yeah exactly that as well yeah <laughs> everything uh, else but, aside yeah yeah and but in that time between me being me having my son and getting to the gynecologist my husband had left me <laughs> so her saying that I was just oh, like yeah, great 
my husband's just left. Yeah. Like, thanks for kicking me while I'm down. Yeah, I already feel pretty shit right now, but you know, yeah. you just put the cherry on top of that one. Yeah. yeah, that that's what I mean. It's like this you can't just get pregnant. You know what I mean? Like there's so many factors and everything. Like that's why I just feel like that saying without without even considering the infertility and all that, like without even going into that, how insensitive and just mm. I don't know. I, I feel like I have no words, like that that is a, <laughs> is a thing. And I'm just it breaks my heart to even imagine that scenario because like I can't yeah. even fathom it. Yeah, we hear it so much in the support group and every time my heart just drops a little bit because this shouldn't be something that medical professionals are saying anymore. No, no, re- no it, it really, really shouldn't. Really shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I suppose like that from, I suppose people have been in the support group and talking to each other, they know that that's wrong. Because yeah. like you say, we do take the medical opinion quite highly. So if someone says that, I suppose there is people who will literally consider any route and they're like right well maybe this is it whereas from speaking and sort of sharing that experience hopefully people are a little bit more sort of clued up to say no that's not that's not going to help me and I'd prefer if you'd either refer me to someone else or let's get a second opinion sort of thing but that only comes with confidence and education and if you don't have that like and I didn't have that at the time I was just like oh oh okay my husband's just left but okay and luckily um, and again, I was very, very lucky. I went back to my GP and my GP was like, uh, no, <laughs> just no. Yeah. We'll refer you back again, but to someone a bit better than that. And luckily I was, um, I was sent to a, um, spe- endo specialist and he really listened to me mm. and was like, okay, we'll, we'll give you an operation wow and yeah so how so say first started um the symptoms um at 11 how many yep. years was this later uh so i was 29 when i finally got my diagnosis wow. so 18 years that's a long slog to keep going keep going back to the doctors keep pushing back keep questioning everything you're hearing like that's a long time to to not just quit and just sort of deal with it and live with it. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who do like, that's like a whole lifetime. Like I can't even imagine, like, it's all like, I don't mean it's all well and good. Like people live with illnesses all the time, but I know from obviously speaking to people who've had illnesses and it's taken a long time to diagnose it and stuff that that whole thing of you start to doubt yourself and think, yeah, am I imagining this? Am I making this Mm -hmm. up? Because, because there's nothing because everyone, they've done all the tests They've sent me to all the specialists and they're coming back with nothing. So maybe, maybe it's all in my head. Maybe it's just yeah. a, a bad period. Like maybe that's how everyone's supposed to feel. Yeah. And there is no such thing as just a bad period. Like if you have to take more than paracetamol mm. or um, ibuprofen for yeah. your period, then that's too that's much. That's not normal. Yeah. It's And that that's one of the biggest things that we need to to get out there to people is that heavy and painful periods aren't normal that's a sign of something like say underlying potentially and yeah yeah don't just soldier on as such yeah even if it's something as simple as it's because your diet's been bad that month Mm. a painful or heavy period is a sign of something Mm. yeah it's your body telling you just that yeah but i i know obviously just from being a girl that like you say we don't talk about it like you might talk about it with your friends and that but we don't it's not an open conversation like I remember I don't know what I was listening to I was listening to podcasts I can't remember what it was about but it came up about periods anyway and they said something and it really reminded me I was in an all-girls school for the first three years of secondary school and then I moved to a mixed school but I've been in all-girls schools up until then and I remember getting my period and like trying to hide my shove my sleeve into my bag grab a tampon and subtly walk to the toilet everyone else would have had their periods as well but oh my god if I dropped that tampon that was it I'm just going home probably forever and never show my face again because I had a tampon or a pad even in my bag like what's yeah. that all about like it's just like say it's the that whole conversation around periods women's health um ovaries uh uterus all of that it's like no 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 no, no we're not talking about that it's so ancient and old-fashioned but yet there's just this unspoken thing around it like yeah 
yeah totally like my I feel quite bad for my son bless him <laughs> like he knows everything yeah um and can tell quite a few people <laughs> quite a lot about periods and endo and everything like that but um he came home from school and he was like oh we had like a sort of PSHE lesson I went okay and um he said they separated us oh yeah I've, see, I wasn't in a mixed school then, but I was in the last two years. And I've heard that they still now will separate boys and girls. Yeah. As if it's yeah. different. As if, <laughs> as if what, well, I'm guessing it's a reason because they do teach it differently, but it's like, no, it's, it's how. It shouldn't be taught yeah. differently. No. Um, girls should be knowing what boys are doing and boys should be knowing what girls are doing because yeah. that's the only way they're going to grow up knowing what's going on. Because it just like, keeps this I- cover of darkness then over this secretive world that the other half that we don't know about, like, it's just... Yeah, yeah, totally. And it baffles me because these people are going to be, they're potentially going to be husbands and fathers, big brothers, little brothers, Mm -hmm. cousins. like Friends, yeah, everything. Yeah, and instead of it being a dirty thing, and, like, I remember when I was first with my husband, like, back in the day... Um, and I used to hide stuff from him, and then I was like, he's yeah. seeing me at my worst, and uh, I'm still embarrassed about bleeding in front of him. Yeah, like say it's like this is the most one of the most natural things. It's not it's not a choice. We don't choose this. It happens, and like say it happens monthly. It's not even as if it's just one off occurrence. It happens like every single month, majority of yeah. It. So like why and it happens not? for a reason it yeah. happens for us to potentially grow life yeah so why is that dirty it's just I think it just still goes back into that whole like old-fashioned narrative of like you know like the the woman being this like really protected really like virginal like pure and then the idea of this and it's like well <laughs> we can't do it all we can't like reproduce and then not have a period like it's we can't yeah yeah like wow yeah yeah definitely and back in the day as well back like right 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 back in the day (laughs) like when women first came about and stuff yeah (laughs) there used to be a shared knowledge because women weren't working or anything like that they would they would rear the children they bring the children up Mm. they used there used to be things called the village tent the red tent where everybody in the village their periods would be synced oh my god so yeah so all the women would go away for a week to bleed together and like there would be the crones that w- and there would be shared knowledge so all the new people all the new period people would have that knowledge of what was going on and what was normal and what wasn't normal and all these old ladies that had been through the menopause that could look after them and let them know what was happening yeah and we just don't have that anymore like I didn't even really talk to my mum about it and considering like we had such a massive female influence Mm. in my family like we didn't talk about it no no I did I found out after I had my diagnosis of endo that one of my cousins has it stop so like you say (laughs) it was in it was in the family yeah 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 and yeah wow and did your mom know and just didn't think of telling you or just didn't come up sort of thing it was no I just don't think my cousin actually like spoke about it wow and, it's, and like it's say, insane. you've had of even shared stories, even a tiny bit, it might have sort of put that word in your head. And therefore you're like, right, going to the GP with, can we consider this? Like, yeah, like you say, from just one person talking about it, it could have maybe cut a few years off your sort of journey to actually getting diagnosed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's it's baffling. And so when you did go then and they they did the operation and that, did that because I know sometimes that doesn't always like cure or help like did that help for you or what was the situation after that it didn't help no um there's different stages of endo there's like four different stages um a 
lot of people look at the staging as a as like cancer staging but it's not mm. um the four different stages are just locations that the endos found and right. the different ways that it grows so it's not that so, one is worse than the other sort of thing it's not like a no a scale yeah no and, and a lot of people like because I was I was stage one I am stage one um and it just means that there's lesions that grow like in the pelvic cavity but a lot of people that are stage one go but I'm only stage one like I can't be as bad as people at stage four and I'm like no 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 yeah it it's like because there's stage one that it's found on the pelvic cavity there's stage two which is oh I can't remember I might have to have a look um there's there's stage three where it involves the ovaries and you get things called chocolate cysts. So endo grows in the um, ovaries and it causes like blood filled cysts. Right. Now, if them cysts burst, then it obviously spreads mm. the infected blood. Yeah. So and so then endo will spread further. Wow. And then stage four is extra pelvic um endometriosis so it's it's found in areas outside of the pelvis so you can be talking lungs i read that i read that today because i said to you about like i was looking at different bits and that and i read that it's been found in lungs and stuff so like i say it's not just that area like it's 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 a disease that can spread and it's it's that's what it's not just a woman's problem because it affects it can affect your whole system. It has been found now on every single organ of the human body. Wow. Up until a couple of months ago, it hadn't been found on the spleen, but it's now been found on the spleen as well. And that's just how it spread and stuff in different ways and or developed. Yeah. 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 Wow. So what do you, so, so like say your, your operation, unfortunately, didn't cure it. Can it cure it? Can the operation 100% cure it? no there is no cure okay um and because of the fact that it is a whole body disease even if you get rid of like the growths there couldn't there can still be like um immunological effects there can still be um issues with um like cells and stuff i suppose like cells and, yeah yeah all of that so I, I really don't sound like a scientist right now <laughs> trust me you do <laughs> I can't even <laughs> fully say the term endometriosis, so <laughs> I'm eating this up, don't worry. Um, adenomyosis, yeah. there is a cure. Okay. Because it's endo that grows in the muscle wall of the uterus. If you have a hysterectomy, it cures it. Okay. But endo, there is no cure. Even if you can get rid of all the growths and all the lesions, there are still other effects. Mm. And so what does that mean sort of moving forward like is there things that you can do to to help it or like I just I'm, I obviously I don't know the answer but like in my head I'm imagining like are you just supposed to just like motor on with this like are you just supposed to keep going and just you know and because obviously I suppose it was a massive relief getting the diagnosis you were told this is what it is like thank god but then to be told but there's no cure like that's surely like oh well, sure, I'm just gonna live with this forever then like um yeah I had a hysterectomy. It gave me a little bit of my life back. Mm-hmm. I don't have a period anymore, so that's just marvellous, to be quite honest. Did it flare, um, does it flare up then when you have your period? Is that when it would yes. be at its worst? Uh, it, can, it can do. Some people are in pain all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm in pain all the time. But it generally because of different like hormonal stuff and um different cells flaring up and just all the fun stuff that goes along with a period it generally does get worse around your mm. period mm. um so yeah i so have eliminated that yeah yeah but yeah i i did it for my own personal reasons it's it didn't kill me and I'm still in daily pain, mm. but it has given me back a little bit of quality of life. Mm. But yeah, we are basically told, crack on. Mm. 
there are things that you can do and it's things that we've learned ourselves yeah um that can help so um making little adaptions to adaptations adaptions adaptations didn't even notice the difference (laughs) (laughs) your diet can can help um eliminating like red meat um dairy refined sugar and gluten your basic inflammatory foods yeah if you get rid of them it can help it isn't guaranteed to help but it can help yeah exercise for some people help for other people knocks you out Mm. it is literally a case of trial Trial and error error. and what works for one might not work for others Mm. um i am a massive advocate of seeking mental health help and that's not me saying that this disease is in your head because it's not no it's a physical health issue yeah 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 Yeah, definitely but there are some techniques that you can use that the the mind is very good at amping up the um, nervous system Mm -hmm. which in turn increases inflammation which in turn can increase pain um so yeah calming all of them systems down is always a good idea meditation mechanism sort of like they're not it's not going to cure it but like say it can help to sort of alleviate yeah everything else obviously the the root and the cause is still there but all the other sort of symptoms that might come with it because of i suppose previous like you know it's it's silly things like i suppose if you're um this is a stupid analogy so apologies but you know if someone scares you or like if you get scared and you'll automatically like tense all your muscles and stuff and that yeah. pain whereas if you weren't pre pre pre-decomposed I don't know pre-composed to predisposed there we go see you are a scientist (laughs) (laughs) if we weren't predisposed to that type of thing we probably wouldn't brace as much or you know that type of thing so I suppose like Mm. you say it's your body has learned right if I this is this is going to happen and therefore you get the reactions or the the panic and stuff and that's obviously going to affect other parts too yeah yeah definitely and there's this there's such thing as the sickness cycle where depression affects depression makes everything worse which then in turn makes the depression worse which Mm. then so finding ways of breaking that cycle is really helpful so as a charity we try and give people as many resources and as much information as we can so that they can like build their own little toolbox of what works for them Mm. what doesn't work for them and yeah how they can help themselves yeah and that actually so we spoke obviously about endometriosis south coast but when did you start all this and I suppose obviously we know why but yeah why was the when did this happen and why did you think right now is the time I need to I need to do this um it was November 2019 and yeah I I'd been looking for um something and I did come across a Facebook support group mm-hmm. um which was fantastic and I joined it and I learned loads and the person that was running it um at, her mum got poorly and she couldn't do it anymore mm. and I had just started my undergrad degree in health and nutrition mm-hmm and I was looking at I was like oh it might boost my CV a little bit <laughs> famous yeah. last words oh yeah <laughs> I'll just do this thing for a few months get it on the CV 18 yeah. Months later. <laughs> yeah and yeah I took over from her and I just I just realized that there's a math there was a massive need mm. for localized support um that these people just weren't getting so yeah I am um, I started the charity in 2019 and yeah I I was worried because I thought corona was gonna was gonna be really tough but it actually did us a bit of a favor and has really got us to like grow our roots Mm -hmm. and find out exactly what people want what people need um and yeah we we've got we've got lots and lots and lots of people following us and 
looking for support from us and yeah it's it's fantastic yeah and what does it like what do you do I suppose as a, a charity because I know like I said corona was it that you were doing events or people meeting up or, or what I know you said obviously as well the Facebook group but um has it sort of changed because obviously like say times and stuff with meeting up in there um yeah so we have our Facebook group um our Facebook support group um that anyone with endo can come along and join I was going to say that's um, not location like anyone no anywhere. no anyone can come on and it actually runs quite nicely on its own now like before it was I was constantly having to like be there and messaging people and stuff like that but now it's quite self-sustaining and Mm -hmm. everyone helps each other if if there's a question that gets put up then someone's always there to answer it which is is fantastic it's so lovely and I suppose what you were saying earlier as well about the because like say one thing will work for one person whereas if you can obviously you can only speak from your own experience so that mightn't necessarily but if you've got five or six different people sharing oh no this didn't happen oh yeah that happened with me and it's like it just normalize it it doesn't it like yeah it, yeah it makes it feel a little bit more like it's not it's not one size fits all type thing definitely definitely so yeah that is fantastic and we hold online support groups on the facebook site um we haven't had many lately I've been a bit naughty um things have just been getting mental but yeah they're starting to calm down again now so we and we can start doing mm-hmm. in-person ones again now yeah. which is lovely and I can't wait to have our first one soon yeah I bet but yeah we put on quite a few webinars over corona which was great um we we've had a mental health one We've had a gender diversity webinar, which was fantastic because trans people and cis people mm-hmm. both get endometriosis and yeah. neither should be left out. Um, yeah, so we wow. just try to get as much information as we can out into the world. Yeah, because information is power. And like say, absolutely. Like say, I suppose that was that something that you noticed then when you first started this whole experience yourself that you weren't really able to find like like similar people or information and um, mm. like I'm not sure I did a quick google obviously certain things came up in that but like was it quite hard to sort of get an understanding that wasn't just jargon because that's what I found it was a lot of jargon yeah. and it's hard to read and hard to process mm. yeah. yeah yeah it generally is quite scientific yeah. and nobody yeah. needs to read that <laughs> No, no, they just need to know. From a normal human, yeah. A normal person just sharing what they've done or dealt with and, yeah, just normalise it. Um, Yeah, that's why on our website we have a few, um, we have a few case studies of just people that have told their story. Um, Just so if anyone comes across the website, they can go, that sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, like ding, that's that's similar. Like, because like you say... I suppose because you could Google that's it don't Google um, don't Google your symptoms but I suppose you know we do it we all do it and if you Google symptoms depending how you phrase it or the one that you sort of notice the most 75 other things could come up so it wouldn't it's not as if it automatically just going to pop up oh endometriosis like you say you had all the other specialists and that so it's not it's not as if it's like the same thing one size fits all so like you'll Google everything and it still might even send you in the right place in the right direction <laughs> just abort your body just yeah just yeah, go run go, run yeah. run away <laughs> don't don't yeah don't deal with this yeah like yeah so yeah like say from reading case studies and stuff like say it might only be the smallest of details but it's like oh actually yeah that's one of mine that I never even considered because I thought that was yeah. normal yeah yeah and yeah. It, it's it is it's you're constantly going oh I just thought that was normal yeah because how do oh, we know? Just, yeah, because yeah, you don't, exactly. don't talk. Yeah. yeah, and like you say, like were you saying there about like if you ever have to take anything stronger than painkillers for your period, then there's potentially something underlying or, you know, it's worth getting that checked out. I didn't know that. I'm nearly 31 years of age and I didn't know that. Like, thankfully, I don't really suffer with my periods and that. But if someone said to me they had, I'd just be like, oh, you know, maybe ring in sick, you know, maybe hot water bottle like because you just think of all the like it's just part and parcel of being a woman and yeah 
I know 14, 15 year olds that are having to take morphine for their oh period. Oh, God. Jesus. And it's great. And, and they're missing out on school because their periods are so bad they can't go to school and stuff mm. like that. And yeah, it, it's something that shouldn't be going on anymore. No, no, definitely not. And do you have you with the the charity and sort of the work that you've been doing have you noticed any sort of improvements or conversations in schools and stuff or is that is that still massively sort of not looked into yet it, it's still massively lacking mm. um there's supposed to be menstrual health uh lessons at school now wow i've I, never heard of that no no me neither and it is one of the things that the charity is is going to be a bit more forceful about yeah. soon and just trying to find out what schools are actually providing these lessons mm. and yeah yeah what's what's going on with them yeah because like you say if you had have known that at 14 or 15 things you know what I mean like you wouldn't have had to go through all that and like say between the mental health and the stress side of things like it's stressful like and that yeah. that in itself brings on a myriad of issues and symptoms and illnesses so like already dealing with with endometriosis unbeknownst to yourself but then all yeah. of that on top of it like it's yeah is there any wonder yeah. that people sort of just I suppose give up and and then it becomes oh it's just normal or your granny mm. had it and I have it and it's just part of the family and oh lo and behold it's actually we've all had it sort of thing is actually yeah. is there any genetical predisposition to it no one knows still okay yeah so they're looking in looking into it or uh, yeah hopefully yeah, <laughs> yeah um it's crazy how little we know about mm. the disease. We don't know where it comes from. We don't know why we get it. We, there, there has been some genetical link to it, mm. but we still don't know why some people in the family will get it and some won't. Yeah. And it, it's... Re, endo research needs a massive cash injection. Yeah. So that we can find out these things. Yeah. Yeah, because like you say, with with fundraising and all that type of stuff, like that's where majority, like hopefully if you, it's like say Cancer Research UK, that's a massive charity that people will fundraise for because they are doing the research, like they're finding out different yeah, like reasons or sort of like, you know, um, screenings and medic- medications and all this type of stuff. If we don't have the research, then you can't get the cures and you can't get the, the causes and you can't get the whys and yeah so all of that like it has to start from there so yeah can massively yeah it's just mad isn't it like say the certain things just get forgotten like you say how yeah. much it affects people and how you know what I mean like the the diagnosis and the prognosis and that is it's not like a oh we'll fix it but yet there's not that funding behind the research it's just I know that's the way the world works but and it's, it's- crazy that drugs are like what what do you mean medical testing has always been done on men and not women i didn't know that if new drugs are developed it's always been men that have been tested like no one knew that aspirin could potentially be dangerous to women because they never tested it had always been tested on men you can't see me but i've got my hand my head in my hands right now because i didn't know that yeah, it's like um, Viagra mm. was originally, um, I think this is true. <laughs> D- don't come for us, don't at us. No, don't this quote is... me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm pretty certain Viagra was developed to help pelvic pain. Right, okay. Now, because they test drugs on men and not women, they obviously found out this fantastic side effect. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and totally repurposed it for that use oh my god that's mad isn't it Mm. that and like you say like between the differences hormonally but even like like our bodies aren't the same do you mean like our organs are different the fact that drugs aren't being tested on women like you say uh is that still going on is that still a thing yeah yeah Oh my god! I didn't know that. I, I feel <laughs> I'm freaking out now. Oh my god, that's crazy. You'll get you'll you'll get lost down a Google rabbit I'll, hole. Later. I spend hours down rabbit holes, but not that one. So I um, most definitely will. Oh my god, I can't. 
have they ever given any reason why? Like in this day and age, why? No, no, not that I know of. I know it's getting better now. Yeah. But yeah. Wow. Oh my God. Like I said, my mind is blown. Like <laughs> I need a second. I can't believe that. That's so worrying. Like you say, because like obviously the test on different people because different people react, but like different organs and stuff are going to have different reactions to things. So surely we should be covering that, like covering all bases when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah. And then, like you say, the, if if Viagra was, you know, developed initially for something different and then this outcome, but surely there's drugs out there that we're not using for certain things because we don't know that they could help them, you know, as, as yeah. women. Like, who knows, like, if they had a tested Viagra on women, what that could have helped with. Like, we don't yeah. know. My. Yeah, exactly. It's oh crazy, God. isn't it? <laughs> but, and I suppose this is, like, what everything that you do, you're just finding different information and like just stuff that's probably just blows your mind on a daily yeah like. yeah it really does oh my god wow every day is a school day <laughs> <laughs> and um so like that we spoke about how you're obviously you're, I'm guessing when you were going through everything you must have felt really alone like before you knew anything and then you could obviously then focus your attention on endo um what what advice or what would you say to either your, yourself when you were dealing with that, if you could speak to your 11-year-old self or like someone um, who potentially thinks that there's there is something wrong and all that, what advice would you, you give to someone who maybe doesn't know that they could potentially have endo or anything on, on that type of spectrum? Mm. If you don't feel like something is right, then it probably isn't. Mm. And be your own advocate because no one is going to do it for you, unfortunately. Mm. So if you feel like someone's fobbing you off, then you are more than, you're more, you're more, you're, oh my goodness. <laughs> it's Friday. Come out it's now. fine. Yeah, it's, it's almost Friday. the weekend. <laughs> yeah. You are allowed to ask yeah. for a second opinion. Mm. You're allowed to ask for a third, fourth and fifth opinion. I suppose until you feel like, you've had an answer you're being listened to yeah. yeah yeah and um in GP surgeries there should be a if you don't feel comfortable talking to specific doctors or whatever there should be a women's health specialist in your GP surgery okay so if you yeah no I, not many people do there should be not all of them do have them but yeah. there should be a a GP that has a specialist in women's health wow. or has a specialist interest in women's health. And then um, for anyone as well, then that maybe either thinks they have or knows they have endo, um, is there any support or advice that you'd give them, you know, sort of dealing with or sort of coming to terms with all this? Find your people. Come, come find us on Facebook yeah. or Instagram or whatever on our website any of the above um yeah because once you find your people life becomes a lot easier I bet yeah I can't even imagine like you must have just felt like like say there was no one else on the planet who was no. dealing with this because because mm. no nobody could tell you what it was and it took so long to figure it out you must have thought oh it must be like one in ten million or something like that 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 deals yeah. with this yeah not one in ten oh <laughs> which it actually is yeah, so like say it's you put crazy. a group of 30 women in a room, like the, the odds are that you're not alone in that room. There's other people there living with. And it is crazy with. the amount of times that um that I sort of go, oh yeah, I have endometriosis or I'm studying endometriosis and people go, oh yeah, I've got that or my sister's got that or like my friend's got that. And I'm like, well, yeah. why is no one talking about it? Yeah, then? yeah. and like, like I said, the more we talk about things and obviously same as I already said this, but like, I appreciate that not everyone wants to talk about their health and all that. And that's, that's mm. fine. But I think even just having that normal conversation, it just does taboo and the stigma around, I think because it's a, like a reproduction or a, a uterus or, you know, initially, then we don't want to talk about it because, you know, people think it's just periods and, you know, we're told to not, not complain about them and, and all of this. And, you know, it's just part of life, but it's not part of life and the more we talk about it and people then can realize oh no mine does seem a bit different to everyone else's or yeah mine's not mine's more drastic than that type of thing and then it, it built it 
kills that stigma um, and yeah. becomes a little bit yeah more sort of just we just normalize we just need to normalize things yeah this is why when Jody said about you know we got speaking and said about doing a podcast I was like 100% I fully, fully agree that I need more learning and awareness on all this type of stuff but I'm trying and I think yeah like say from following certain accounts and just sort of bringing my awareness and my sort of education levels up that alone is going to help because if someone says something in passing one day to me it might trigger like to me oh have you have you mentioned this to your doctor or have you checked out this Facebook group or vice versa sort of thing and yeah it doesn't directly affect me but it could help someone that's in my life that maybe doesn't know about it sort of thing so yeah just conversations Mm. around all this stuff is just yeah um, and I will share as well in all the show notes and on the Instagram page, um, I'll share all the links to the Facebook group, the website, the Instagram. Um, so please go on. Like I say, even if you're not, like even if you don't have endo or I don't know, just go on anyway, because you're going to learn. And like that, it could it could make the difference between a family member or a friend that you could actually be showing sort of support or care um, to them when they're, you know, what, what they're dealing with. How do people support the the charity the endometriosis south coast is there any ways that people can support you guys we're always doing fundraisers yeah um yeah so um and portsmouth lottery we're on portsmouth lottery so if you want to do a little bit of a lottery and funds can go to us if you choose Mm. us as your cause which it makes no difference to you that way (laughs) yeah yeah exactly yeah like you say it's just do the lot but put it that way yeah, because I think, like I say, we, we talk about funding and um, and all that type of stuff. And, you know, we don't always hear about certain charities. There's some charities, of course, that, you know, we hear about them all the time, which is great. You know what I mean? Like any charity and, and stuff is, is there yeah. for a reason. But at the same time, there's ones that are really important and really making a difference, but obviously are held back because of funds and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, um, and I'm self-funding my PhD. So oh, my God. <laughs> I've got another head and hands moment there. (laughs) Wow. Oh my God. How long have you got left on the PhD? Um, So I've just, I've only just started it. I'm only in my first year. So I've got another two years. Fair play. And is it to do, you said it's to do with health and nutrition, is it? No, 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 no. This this one's a health sciences research PhD. And I'm looking at disparities in endometriosis care in different sample groups of people. Wow yeah so this obviously all came about from from your own experience and stuff yes yes definitely and just realizing that there are there there are subgroups within the endo group that need even more help because they're just not getting the care that they deserve wow that's amazing wow so yeah please 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 support um jody and endometriosis south coast because just from speaking to you guys, I can already imagine the difference that you're making. Um, and obviously the more support and help they have, the more people that they can they can help moving forward. Yeah, I think everything you are doing is, is amazing. I can't even Aww, fathom it. Thank you. No, honestly, it's you've massively opened my eyes. And we I feel like as well, we've still only like scratched the surface. I could imagine like <laughs> I could talk yeah, all day about this is the it, thing. honestly. Yeah. And and I could listen because, like I say, I don't hear about it. It's not something that I'm massively clued up on. So I really, I'm really glad that um, we got to record this podcast and I'm really glad that you've come on um, to, to do this episode with me. So, uh, yeah, thank you for that. That's okay. To finish, this has gone back to like the, the normal sort of format. And sorry, I have to get my phone out because I have to find my quote. <laughs> we <laughs> always finish with a quote. So it can be any quote. It doesn't any, with any which way need to be related to what we've spoken about. Do you have a favorite quote or a quote that um, means something to you? So mine was endometriosis is the best club that nobody wants to be part of. Oh, that's class. That's actually deadly. Did you write that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I saw it one day. And there's also another one, which is is one legacy no mother ever wants to pass on to her daughter. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. That mm. one's brilliant, though, because like you say, it is the best club, but like I don't want to be... I think I, not not that quote, but I've heard similar about like I listened to a podcast. It's Brian Dallin, the guy who won um, Big Brother years ago. He's yep. got a podcast all about grief, and I know that sounds a bit morbid, but like I I just I'm interested in it. But anyway, he always says about like 
this when people sort of join this club of grief that it's a club that nobody wants to be a part of but like but we're all in it together sort of thing and it just sort of happens and so yeah no that's that is an amazing quote and mine I found it I was like I'm not gonna be able to find this (laughs) mine are always really similar but mine is in the end we only regret the chances we didn't take and yeah because I love all to do it like the what ifs or like yeah like say we'll never regret doing something and fecking it up we'll only regret thinking that what imagine what would have happened if we didn't so um I'm a massive hypocrite though I say these quotes at the end of the episode and I'm like you need to be bloody doing it as well instead of just talking about them but um, <laughs> I do love all them quotes they sort of like give me a little bit of a kick up the arse sometimes when I need them because I'm like oh, they're um yeah they're very important so Jody. Thank you so, so much, honestly. And for like, just being so open and honest, like I, I say that a lot, but like it is, I suppose you're trying to obviously talk, you're talking about it because you don't want it to be a stigma, but there is such a, it's such a personal thing to talk about. And um, so it's really brave that you're happy to put, put your story and yourself out there. So um, yeah, I just I thank you so, so much for coming on. And I just wish everything that you and the charity are doing. Um, yeah, just wish you so, so much love and, and good luck. And yeah, I'll, I'll be supporting you guys in any which way I can. And I would really ask anyone that's listening to do the same, even if it is a follow or, you know, like that on Instagram, just anything that you feel like you can do. It, yeah. it's, it's always, it's seen and it's appreciated. And um, yeah, it just will help in any little which way it can. Absolutely. A share of some mm. of our posts would yeah. be amazing because if you share it and someone sees it and goes, oh. Yeah, exactly. Then you imagine someone share, seeing that for the first time, seeing a post and then been like, and they might not have ever come across you. They don't know me, but then someone, you know, that seven degrees of separation thing, like yeah. they all of a sudden see a post that resonates and they're like, and then they end up on it. Like, yeah, you just don't know. I think, oh my God, I thought I'd gotten through a whole episode without talking about social media, but here we go. The very last minute, social media, I've spoken about it in every single episode, even when it's not about it, but um, it's such a, a powerful tool for things like this of yeah. raising awareness so like let's use it for for a good reason um, and share things that could actually make a difference to to other people I don't think anyone would ever regret doing that so like let's just do more of that please please yeah, please please make social please. media really not yeah make it a nice place please <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> well thank you so much Jody. um and yeah for everyone for listening I hope you took away something from this and you know just opened your eyes a little bit more um, and helped with any of the, the understanding and awareness and yeah thank you so much Jody. thank you for having me no no problem at all see you later bye bye thanks for listening guys and i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did it would honestly mean the world if you would leave a review i would genuinely appreciate that and if you're liking what you're hearing please hit the subscribe button so you get notified of any future episodes Thanks again guys and I'll hopefully see you back here soon. Lots of love, G.